Welcome to the Officer Media Group Roll Call Podcast. Officer Roll Call is meant to inform and entertain. Now, let's get into this episode. Welcome to the lineup. Officer Magazine's weekly roundup of police and law enforcement news. I'm your host, Joe Vince, assistant editor for Officer Magazine, and joining me again this week is... Hey, I'm Paul Palusa. I'm the editor of Officer Magazine. And uh, once again this week, Frank's out on vacation. He'll be back next week, so you guys are stuck with me again. So here we go. We're going to just roll it out, do it quick, um, starting with our first story. Um, again, uh, we there's been another mass shooting in the country. This week was Monday um, in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, a employee of old national bank in that city uh before being uh let go from the bank uh he had gone in with a rifle and uh killed five people he also engaged in a gun battle with police wounding uh three of them critically wounding one officer um who uh had brain surgery and is in serious but stable condition um like in Nashville, uh, the Louisville Depart- Department has uh, released body cam and uh, bystander video of the incident, as well as the 911 calls, including a call right before the shooting um, from the gunman's mother, who warned um, officers that he had told his roommate um disturbing things and had a gun and was headed to the bank um you know ever since we've started the lineup paul um we've had to um, cover mass shootings uh in it and uh, i believe this is the first where one of the officers who responded um was seriously injured uh by the shooter um you know, talk. Can you talk a little bit about? You were talking earlier about uh, the fundraiser uh, for this officer. Yeah, and I guess I'd like to say, you know, these these incidents, these active shooter um, and mass shooting incidents, can happen just about anywhere. You know, this was at a bank. Others have happened at schools, malls, um, office complexes, and it's just you know, officers have to be prepared to respond um, at, at any moment. So that that's definitely uh, yeah, the priority, and um, and and in this case here, uh, yes, this officer uh, um, fundraiser was held or is being held um, by the Louisville Metro Police Foundation, and it's been up since let's see the eleventh, so just a few days ago after this incident occurred, and so far it's raised one hundred and fourteen thousand two hundred and seventy dollars as of right now, um, and. Yeah, it's you know, it just shows the support uh, that that police officers have in their local communities, and the comments on this thing on Facebook to to the donation posts are just you know an outpouring of uh, support for this officer. And and the officer uh, Nicholas Wilt, this yes. he is a rookie with the department. I believe he was only on the force for ten days, yeah. and this was something he had to respond to. Um, if you look at the body cam video and, and also to the um, the bystander video that was shot from across the street, um, it, you get a you can get a sense of how frightening and and chaotic uh, 
these types of incidents are. And, uh, you know, you can watch and in a lot of cases, you're seeing kind of the unexpected happen because you're not sure how it's going to unfold in, in a lot of cases. Um, and, and just, you know, what these officers have to assess and then execute um, in order to keep themselves, but also more importantly, to keep the uh, the public safe. Um, and, and again, um, you know, so far right now, he is... Um, I believe, uh, let's see, the latest is he is still in critical but stable condition at the hospital. Um, mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we wish him well and, and, and with, with everything on recovering. Um, our next story is a follow-up. Uh, last week, we discussed a uh, new Florida rule that went into effect that grounded um, Chinese-made uh, drones for police departments and other law enforcement agencies in Florida. Um, this was a concern for chiefs and sheriffs uh, across that state because in a lot of cases, um, those drones made up the, um, the majority of their fleet and they were now putting on the shelf uh, a, a tool that not only had they invested uh, money into, but also has become um, it's not just a toy. It's it's something that's become almost essential for a lot of agencies. Um, but now there is a bill that um, has been proposed uh, that would at least help uh, these departments uh, transition to this new rule. Um, under the proposed leg legislation, uh, department and law enforcement agencies would have a little more time uh, to replace their uh, Chinese uh, or certain foreign-made um, drones with uh, drones from the approved list by the state. Um, again, I'll turn to you, uh, Paul, since you, you live in Florida. Um, you know, we talked about how um, we were hoping that something could be done that wasn't going to put these uh, departments in such a bind, and, and, and hopefully this is the case. Like you said, this is a bipartisan bill uh, that's being at least introduced or trying to push it through, um, sponsored by Senator Tom Wright. He's Republican uh, here in Florida. And and yeah, that it's just it's putting a lot on these departments to just switch right away from the DJI drones that they have. They're trying having to uh, ground all the drones that they currently use. And then they're also finding that the drones that are on the companies that are on the approved list. And I think there's only like five or six on there that they're, they're not meeting their needs necessarily. And um, I, I know this one Senator during the uh, introducing this bill on, on the floor, the, the state Senate mentioned how at least one of these companies raised the prices right when the ban went into effect. So it's just making things more difficult for the, uh, for the law enforcement agencies uh, that are having to, to use drones that use drones and are having to stop using the DJI drones. So basically this bill would just give them more time to transition to, uh, to, to approved uh, manufacturers. And right now, I believe the bill is in committee, um, yeah. and we'll just kind of keep tabs on it to see mm -hmm. uh, how it fares. 
Um, going from one relatively new uh, law enforcement technology to another, uh, the NYPD um, introduced uh, some new high-tech tools that it will be using in pilot programs. Um, and in fact, one uh, one device actually was kind of a reintroduction. Uh, the, uh, the NYPD it, uh, unveiled a Digidog. Uh, it's... Um, robotic canine uh it had um it had uh, unveiled this uh, uh this robot i guess about two years ago and um much like other departments it received public backlash and um so they they pulled back from it but uh, now is is kind of a push with other um uh, other high-tech tools um the department uh, you know, wants to see how this works. It, it, it again is through a pilot program. Um, Paul, what were some of the other um, devices that they were uh, that the NYPD um, was also showing off this week? Yeah, like you mentioned, they they have the Digidog, and that is um, if anybody's familiar with Boston Dynamics and that like robotic dog looking thing. I you know we don't have visuals here on a podcast, but it's <laughs> the, this one. A lot of them are yellow. Mm-hmm. And uh, have different uh, arms and things on it with the device itself that you can, um, you know, you can have control over those. And of course, it's equipped with the camera. Um, so a, a lot of these new devices, you know, it, it's tracking, it's video. Um, it, it looks like they rolled up at a couple different models of the Nightscope um, robot. And mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with this, uh, this device, it's, it's rather large. It looks like a small, if uh, you're familiar with Star Wars, R2-D2, like a drone type of, or droid type of uh, device. Um, and, and yeah, those are equipped with cameras and, and different things for the public to be able to communicate back with police if they're in distress or have something to report. And uh, also Star Chase is something that uh, the NYPD is going to pilot. This is something that's been used by a lot of departments around the country, but not necessarily larger scale departments like the NYP, NYPD, where um, this device it, it's able to shoot a tracker onto, say, a fleeing suspect so that you don't have to continue the chase. And then you can track that vehicle um, after ending that pursuit. So, the, the I mean, I think it's a lot of this technology has been around. It's definitely advanced over the past few years, but it, it's interesting to see a large department such as the NYPD um, to to start piloting some of this stuff. And, and this seems too um, like uh, you know uh, the trend for um, a lot of departments to start, um, if not fully embracing. You know, seeing if these types of, of robots are um, can work for them, especially when you see um, uh, staffing shortages. Not that, and I'm not saying that they're these are replacing officer positions, but there are certainly tools that can help as far as um, picking up some slack um, when departments are looking to you know to maximize. Um, their their um, their people as much as possible. Um, uh, so uh, next story uh, this week um, on the website uh, uh, we had posted uh, body cam videos from two um, shooting incidents 
uh, in California. Um, in, in both these cases, um, it it shows just how um, vital and an essential um, uh, ballistic vests are for for officers. Um, in in a in a shootout uh, last month with the LAPD, um, uh, officers. Um, Let's see. Three officers were um, wounded in an exchange um, uh, of gunfire with uh, a fugitive parolee. Um, in one case, one of the officers, uh, one official said he 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 was saved because of his a ballistic vest that had struck him. Um, and um, although they they were wounded, um, it, it could have been much worse. Um, in another shooting, this one was in Fresno, and this was from. Um, just this past Saturday, again, um, officers were um, called to a scene um, with a man, uh, a suspect who had a lengthy uh, criminal record. Um, uh, shootout erupted and um, one officer was uh, struck, but was again, um, his it, it hit his best. He was taken to the hospital, hospital just for observation. So... Um, Again, it's just it, I wanted to bring the, this up is uh, just to show how um, and, and this is nothing new to, to people um, in law enforcement, but just how inc uh, incredibly dangerous these calls can be and how incredibly vital um, that body armor protection um, can um, can turn a situation where uh, from tragic to where these men and women are able to walk away from. Yeah. I'd like to just mention too, that uh, in the LAPD shootout SWAT team after the shooting occurred uh, deployed a robot dog in the search uh, for the suspect. And, you know, then they were able to see that he was unresponsive. He was later pronounced dead. Um, but, but that, you know, the use of, you know, this technology like, like the robotic dogs uh, can be used uh to keep officers safe that that you know there there was already the shootout but instead of having to send more men more uh, officers in there and possibly have them shot you're able to send this robotic dog in and kind of kind of helps and um of course with the ballistic vest um they're invaluable that uh, this is just two more cases two more close calls that show uh what they can do and why officers need to wear them at all times and, and that's a good point too about those those robots. It just it, it takes away uh, uh, having to put human lives in a risky situation like that when you can deploy um, a robotic dog, a drone, or or, or some other um, technological device that you're able to assess the situation. And especially now where you are seeing case so many cases of. Um, suspects armed suspects just laying in wait for for officers uh to ambush them um whether it is from uh you know waiting because they know they're coming because uh, another crime was committed um or if it's simply really just to draw police out in order to um engage in a shootout um yeah it just again more and more um these 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 things aren't aren't just um you know specialty items they're they're really keeping um hopefully keeping uh officers safe 
finally, we're going to, like we try to do, is end on, on more of a lighter note. Um, this time, we're going to put a spotlight on, um, uh, I, I call it a viral trend um, in Texas right now, something that's got a little bit of, his, of history. Uh, departments around that state are... Uh, taking advantage of some of its beautiful fauna or excuse me flora to um uh, to kind of uh participate in uh the hashtag back the blue bonnet challenge and in this case uh, they pose for pictures among these uh blue bonnet flowers and fields um and um as one department or agency does it, they're kind of uh, putting out the challenge for others. Um, and it's a, it's a, I guess it's a challenge that's been going all uh, around, if not officially, since about uh, 2015. And, you know, some departments are, are really having fun with it. And uh, you could definitely see the more, which officers are, are the more, um, uh, what I'll say, uh, performance oriented uh, in, in some of these photos. You can see, especially a lot of the smaller departments are kind of having fun with this. It's something that they can do, uh, you know, to, to be more involved on social media. I guess uh, San Marcos was one. Uh, Gerald was another. Um, and yeah, so the, you know, it's springtime. The blue bonnet um, flower there is very popular and people stop on the side of the road and then go to take pictures with, with these uh, flowers. And Basically, departments are using this as not only a lighthearted moment to show their officers posing, hunker down in these flower beds, but um, also to give tips uh, as a PSA to to motorists. Uh, you know, don't stop on highways, park on the side of the road or um, off of the shoulder and don't cross the traffic on foot. So they're basically being able to use these tips while, while adding a lighthearted uh, moment on social media. So it's kind of cool. And and this is I, I've talked to departments in the past uh, about uh, using social media and, and how um, uh, that is a, a such a tool now um, when it comes to uh, upping community engagement and helping basically helping put a face um, on the department for the the people they're out protecting and um, you know hopefully uh, in in those communities. Um, it's working and and they're responding well. Um, let's see that uh, that wraps up everything for this week. Um, Paul, again, thank you very much for filling in. Um, I, I suppose I'm going to call you the um, permanent guest co-host. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so this is the B team, and you'll get the A team back <laughs> next week. But no, this was this has been great, Joe. Thanks for having me uh, along for these, and I look forward to joining you in the future and uh, listening to more with you and Frank. Sounds good, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, come back next week, and everyone out there, stay safe. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the lineup. Please remember. The opinions voiced are not those of Officer Media Group or Endeavor Business Media, but only those speaking those opinions themselves. Thank you and stay safe.